Welcome to Killer Women with your host, best-selling author, Danielle Girard. And now, Danielle's next killer woman. Hello, and welcome to Killer Women Podcast, a proud member of the Authors on the Air global network with more than 4 million listeners. I am your host, suspense author, Danielle Girard, and my guest today is Geneva Rose. Geneva is the USA Today and Amazon number one best-selling author of The Perfect Marriage, One of Us is Dead, and You Shouldn't Have Come Here. Her work has been translated into more than a dozen languages and optioned for film and television. Originally from Wisconsin, she lives in Chicago with her husband, Drew, and her English bulldog, Winston. When she's not writing, you can find her on TikTok. Welcome, Geneva. Thank you for having me. I was like, oh, that's my bio. <laughs> that is your bio. That is the bio that you gave me, and I think I read it. So there we go. Um, so, Geneva, we are here at... Where the heck are we? Readers, readers take Denver. Yep. And we've are it's, it's only 11 o'clock. We've already had um, a mimosa. This is. I did not. Oh. <laughs> right. Only I had a mimosa. <laughs> Drew and I had mimosas because, you know, Geneva is so naturally charming, but I needed a little help. So, okay. So you have a book coming out. Well, by the time people are watching this, that book will be out for two days. So tell us it is. We don't have a copy of the book because Geneva gave them all away. I'm trash. There's. <laughs> So many people here couldn't wait to get their hands on one, but this is, this is Geneva Roses. You shouldn't have come here. And I got an early look at it and it is so freaking fun. So tell us about, you shouldn't have come here. Okay. So you shouldn't have come here is about a woman who books an Airbnb on a ranch in Wyoming. And when she gets there, she's pleased to find that the host is a handsome man by the name of Calvin Wells, but she's not too pleased that there's no Wi-Fi, there's no cell phone service. And there's a sheriff sniffing around because a previous guest went missing. But despite all of that, the two fall for one another. However, as her departure date nears, things change for the worse because she believes his infatuation has turned to obsession and he might not let her leave. But he thinks that she's hiding something from him, including her reason for staying at the ranch to begin with. So it's a cautionary tale of what can go wrong when you open up your home and your heart to a total stranger. And Wyoming in general. Yeah. I mean, you picked Wyoming. I thought that was a very, I drove through Wyoming yesterday on the way from Montana. And let me tell you. There's a lot of creepy spots. I'm obsessed with Wyoming now. Along the way. Well, you'll have to, you could just drive north like four hours and you would get right there. So, okay. Tell us the inspiration. Like how did it, and in general, like, cause you, I think you just wrote like six books in. I did not. It was three. Okay. Well, <laughs> three books in like six months. Yeah. It was a lot. Um, but the inspiration yes, this please. one, um, well, my husband Drew and I have stayed at Airbnbs throughout the U.S. and in Europe. And I've actually, we, we've rented rooms. Like, so the person living there is staying with you, which is something to get used to. Mm. Um, and so I've always thought like, we've had some weird things, but generally it's like always a good experience. But yeah. then I was like, what if it wasn't? What if we had ill intentions or the host did? Because you think it's like, it's business. It's like a hotel, but it's not. You're in someone's home. So that's where it came from. Yeah. It's a cautionary tale about opening up your home. I'm not sure I would do that. I don't think I could. Yeah, me neither. I'd be like, unless I had nanny cams everywhere, and which is probably against the rules of Airbnb. Uh, I guess you can in non-private areas, but when I would find them, because they didn't disclose it, I'd be like, that's weird. They should have told me. Because what if I was picking my nose or something? Exactly. That's embarrassing. That's embarrassing. And they might, <laughs> what if they put that like on TikTok to your 700,000 followers, Geneva? Tell us about TikTok, because people who are over your age, which is everybody um because you're 17 right I'm, seven, I'm 17 17 just like right. Josie Grissom yeah just like we were talking about the movie 
One of Geneva's favorites. Never been kissed. Never been kissed about being 17, Drew Barrymore. Um, and I have to watch it again because now there's mixed emotions on this because Geneva loves it and Drew thinks it's creepy. It's, it's a little creepy, but I still love it. I don't care. Okay, fair, fair <laughs> enough. I mean, 17-year-old girl, teacher, sort of some warning bells there, but I'm getting distracted. TikTok. Yes. You are a fucking TikTok. Ooh, pardon my French. Phenomenal. Are we allowed to cuss on here? Yeah, we can cuss. <laughs> we'll just be like, warning i have cussed before so i think we're safe um okay no nobody under the age of when do you learn to cuss like 12 nobody under the age of 12 should be listening to this are they probably not probably not i think we're safe oh so about tiktok um what do you want to know i want to i just want to know like how did that start i love what you did for the perfect marriage that was sort of your that was where your tiktok following really took off yes but just like you know i don't know tell us how you do it what you why you do it how much you love it I love TikTok. Um, I worked in social media for a decade before becoming an author. Well, I actually was working in social media while I was writing. Um, I finally stopped in like March of 2021. Um, but I saw TikTok for what it was. And I know at the time everyone was like, it's just teens dancing on there. And it wasn't. Um, so I jumped on there very early. Uh, I was an early adopter, as they say, for technology. Yes. Um, and I saw like people were interested in like finding new things, finding, especially it, it really blew up during COVID and everyone yeah. wanted entertainment. They wanted something because a lot of stuff wasn't coming out. Obviously like Hollywood shut down. There's no new movies except for Tiger King. Um, and you can't go anywhere. You couldn't go anywhere. And I saw, that's why, I mean, at first I was just a watcher of TikTok. Mm-hmm. So I scrolled for days and I loved it so much. That's what my kids do. They just scroll for days and I'm like, what are you doing? TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. It knows you so well. It's that algorithm. It, it works. So I saw like there was, opportunity there and a very dedicated like audience on TikTok and then book talk started um and it was around the time that was actually book talk started when I was on there and I started I started some book talk trends um like the pretending the story is your own that was, that was a brilliant that was their brilliant play with the perfect marriage is and tell us the premise of the perfect marriage and how you sort of play that out um the premise of the perfect marriage is a defense attorney defends her husband when he's accused of murdering his mistress so I basically it was like text over the screen. I'm just sitting there, very easy to make. And at the end, I hold up my book and I'm like, that's actually the plot of my book. So if you want to find out what happens, you have to read it. But there was a little mix up because it got like 5 million views in like two days where some people did not watch the last three seconds of the 37 second video. And then they thought it was my real story. And then all of a sudden I was getting comments on my videos that Drew was in and they were like, oh my God, is he out on bail? Are you still with him? And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) So we played into it a lot where Drew pretended to be an adulterer and a murderer. And actually my husband and I watched a bunch of, my husband's not a TikToker. Um, I mean, really neither am I, but Geneva's, she's, teach me some things and he watched a bunch of them this morning and drew is actually he was like i could not do what drew does drew is such a good participant he's just naturally funny so he's a lot of times so i'm just capturing him like his movie reactions that all of that literally that's what he was doing because i forced him to watch the movie sleepover which i also love it's a like a tween comedy i don't think i've seen it it's actually it's funny because steve carell that was like his first thing before the office he oh. blew up right when that movie came out so it's really funny okay i'm gonna have to watch that well yeah so drew is and actually a lot of it they are i mean drew is he's not the star that you are but he's in there an awful lot oh he's a star he's well he's obviously a star (laughs) to you and he's he is hilarious and he will likely emerge from the it's like he's hiding in the bathroom which he's not actually he's on a wine trip he's on a wine trip because um we've discovered that hotel wine prices are 
insane insane yeah um, well I love I love the premise of the perfect marriage and that is and that is that is your thing like you just it's like everybody's a little twisted inside you got a lot of twisted human beings in your stories I like twisted human beings. yes you do yeah. I why would how would you not love them They're fun to write about. so okay so do you think that there is a killer in all of us no I mean, I think it backed into a corner, perhaps, if you really had to, maybe, but like, I don't think so. I don't. Well, wouldn't that be the scenario? Is it like, like somebody was like, I'm not talking about like you're being attacked and then you attack. Like an actual, like, I'm going to kill someone. Right. I don't know. Cause I don't think I could kill someone. Oh, mm-hmm. I, I, I actually see the potential in you, Geneva. I think you should really, I think you should reconsider. Let me think of the people that have wronged me. Exactly. <laughs> Scott comes to mind. Uh, no, he's too pathetic, probably too. Yeah. murder he would sue me I'm oh yeah we don't do that <laughs> we don't want to be sued although can he sue you if he's a public figure now i don't know we don't want to we're not I mean, attorneys there are no attorneys in this room right now so we don't <laughs> want to so tell our listeners who scott is scott is a disgruntled reader and some people thought he was fake i was showing photos of him last night um because i was like he's very real um he's a disgruntled reader that emailed me on the eve of christmas eve most sacred of days the eve of christmas eve why is that the most sacred day? It's just funny because that's how I told him. I was like, it's the, I was just mad because it was like, I had like a three day period because I wrote those three books in a six month period. So I had three days where I was not going to do anything with work because I've literally been working Monday through Sunday for months. And it was just the 23rd, 24th, 25th, I was taking off. Yeah. And I checked my email and I got this horrible email from Scott saying, and I usually, I get emails. Like I had someone that emailed me and said, you deserve to be beaten and thrown in prison for writing the perfect marriage. Um, wow. Yes. That's awfully aggressive. It's really aggressive. Apparently she's going to boycott the film. So I can't wait to get thrown flour on me or something. I don't know. Flower. Like, you know, like the PETA people. I mean, I don't wear like leather or whatever. <laughs> I thought I'd throw something on me. That's hilarious. But yeah, he emailed me and I, I never respond. I usually just reduce these people to content because if you're going to take the time to just try to be mean and contact an author I'm going to reduce you to content um but I didn't I just emailed him back and I usually never do and it was very passive aggressive and I said thank you for reading hope you and your family have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and then he emailed me again to tell me how much he hated my work and that I should switch careers and that he hopes I fail miserably and I was like Scott you're about to be content because you took it too I literally thought he would just be like oh wow I'm a douche. I should not yeah, like, this is a real person so behind let's it. Let's talk about that because to the world out there, what is the like what do you get? What's the fulfillment in being like your work sucks? Why don't you just not buy it? Just, I don't even understand one star reviews. It's like this is somebody who spent a lot of time and energy doing something that like literally you do it and you don't even know whether you're going to get paid for it mm-hmm. when you do it most of us like when you're the beginning of a contract or you don't know how well it's going to do or how well it's going to be received so it's a freaking gamble to be in this business anyway why not just be like well I don't like it walk away I I know that's how I always was even before being an author it's right. like if I don't like something then I just don't talk about it exactly I, I I've never left a one-star review I will never even and I'm not talking just books it's like you know if I don't like something then it's just I'm not gonna right I'm not yeah. gonna I'm not gonna recommend it to my friends but I'm also not gonna like it's somebody's living yeah also a book is like a baby it's like giving birth to something because it takes time and it, you give up you're, there's some part of you in there you're not the characters 
Yeah. I mean, don't get that. People get that confused too. They do. Which one are you? And I'm like, <laughs> none of them. They're all crazy. Yeah. I'm crazy, but in a different way. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not these people, but yeah, that was my issue with Sky. He could have left his one-star review. That would have been fine. You can, you're more than welcome to leave reviews. It was, why would you want to contact me to tell me this? Yeah. And six times he kept coming back. And he finally stopped. Oh, I think he stopped because I think he realized he stopped when people found out who he was and they were review bombing his business because he has his own law practice. Oh, and I found out about it and I made a TikTok sharing one of his emails. He actually told me to share these emails literally in the email. It says to share these with share our story because obviously I was being very, very funny about it. Um, and then I did tell people, please do not review on that because I believe in good trolling. So you're never defensive, you never insult, and you kind of just self-deprecate and agree with them. And hey, the wine's here. Oh, good. Drew, we, we've already talked about you and we're just currently talking about Scott. She got a lot of props. So say hello to our guest. This is Drew Rose. Drew is, uh, Drew, Rose. Drew, <laughs> Drew is Geneva's uh, husband and not the other way around. Um, although she's, you know, there's a joke about that too. You got to follow Geneva on TikTok to get all the inside scoops. And now we're going to hear the plastic unravel as he puts the, the wine in the fridge. I can, be, I can be brief. That's, we, as long as there's wine, we're super excited. Okay. Tell, um, tell our listeners how you plot a story. Are you a pantser? Are you a plotter? I'm both. Um, so I think I, I don't know. I think I come about like the whole writing thing differently than a lot of authors because I will not write a story until I can summarize it in like one to two sentences. So it has that hook. I'm very commercial in that sense. Um, I try to look at it from like a marketing perspective right from the beginning. And so I write those two sentences to summarize it. And then I write basically the back marketing copy. Mm -hmm. And that kind of guides the story that I know basically what the stakes are, what the characters are. And from there, I do my character sketches and my setting sketches. And then I will do an outline. Sometimes it's outlining the entire book. Sometimes it's half the book. Sometimes it's bare bones. Sometimes it's just very detailed it depends on the story um and that's how I can write a first draft so quickly because I come at it with all that research and so I'm not sitting there and be like what's this character's name or whatever what do they look like it's all described for me because and how long does that process and obviously it depends on whether or not you're doing you know full outline or just sort of like the bare bones but how long does that process of preparation take you I would say once I like, I'm, I know I'm going to write a story. It's about two to three weeks that I will spend doing all of that. Um, and the reason like the outline, if it comes to me and I know like you shouldn't have come here, that book was completely outlined. I outlined that in a day and it just came to me very easily. The new one I just wrote that'll release in 2024. I only had like maybe the first third outlined. So it took me a little longer with the first draft because I could not figure out what I was doing until I wrote like half of it. And then I realized I was missing a point of view and I had to go back and insert it mm -hmm. and then I could finish it. Interesting. And why do you think some books, like it just feels like you can, you know, the outline comes and others not so easily. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I think with you shouldn't have come here that I knew it was going to go back and forth between the two characters. Right. So it was like, you know, chapter one is Grace. Chapter two is Calvin. It's back and forth, back yeah. and forth, back and forth. Whereas the one I just wrote that'll come out in 2024, I had three points of view switching between present in 1999 and then I added another point of view so I think it was complicated trying to keep track of the timelines right and you write when you write you writing like did you write Grace Calvin Grace Calvin Grace Calvin yeah some people I think write all the one and all the other but you were doing it's easier to kind of I think go back and forth because then you know you're leaving us on this hook which is another thing you do really well like the end of the chapter you're like oh I was going to go to bed but now I have to read the next chapter right because yeah. it's like you want to know and then of course you have to get to the end of the book which no spoilers, but the end of that book was wild. 
wild, (laughs) totally like, oh, I, that is not, did not, um, did not see that coming even a little bit, which is so fun. I know. So the ending in the, in most cases, the ending isn't a surprise to you. You know, it's coming. Um, for you shouldn't have come here. Actually, I changed the ending. Um, which I can't say. No, I'll tell you after the interview. Yeah, exactly. I will know something you don't know. <laughs> Did you just say something? I think he's in the bathroom. <laughs> he's hiding behind the bed. It's hilarious. Is he? Yeah, I think. <laughs> <laughs> he's taking a cat now. Okay, I love this. So you're writing full time, um, obviously now with all of your success, which is amazing. I am not kidding. She's like five book deal with her new your new publisher, and then this you shouldn't come here. Book two. Yes. And then as of yet, undisclosed new thing happening, which I don't know if you're talking about publicly yet. Not yet, because they didn't. I I keep saying like, oh, there's two more projects coming out this year, but I can't tell you about it yet. That's fair. Actually, I think it'll be announced by the time this thing comes out. Okay. Well, then we won't. We'll just let you put it out there and people can go and figure out what it, what this incredible news is. There you go. (laughs) But it's really exciting for sure. Okay. So do you have, when you know, like you said, these three crazy three months, you're working Monday through Sunday. That's insane. That's all the days. If we're not like clear Monday and then we end on Sunday, Monday's the next mm-hmm. day. So no breaks, but like in a normal, like when you're, when you're acting like more human and less superhero, do you, do you have a certain schedule that you write by? Are you a morning person? Are you a, how, uh, do, you, how do you do your days? Uh, my best writing starts at 10 a.m. Um, <laughs> Mine too. Yes, 10 a.m. Because I like to like have those couple hours where I try to like exercise. So I don't always do that though. Um, and whatever, clean my house or whatever. Um, and then I write. I try to write. I try to keep it Monday through Friday to be like a normal person. It doesn't happen because it just doesn't. I feel like I'm always working. It sucks. It's. I think it's one of those things that are like. First of all, we love it, right? We do love it. So we can complain about it, but we're also like damn we're lucky to be doing what we love yes but it's also like don't you feel like if you leave a book alone for a weekend monday comes and you're like well, where was i let's like it, it almost requires constant that's why i do write quickly because i i don't know i just try to get it done so that i don't forget and it's like you know that you run into like oh timeline issues or whatever you describe a character differently so i do that's why i try to write that first draft as quickly as possible because i think it leaves less air i mean obviously there's a lot of errors and typos and grammar but less errors in like the cohesion of the story right yeah. you get yeah you manage i think that's why i when i'm really into a project i try to touch it every day because it just that way i'm not like oh god or and also a trick that actually i'm trying to think who told me this trick with somebody fabulous I talked to and clearly they're all fabulous I can't remember but it was that she sets herself up like and she leaves the story in the middle of a scene okay like she's like this is where you know like she knows exactly what's coming next and then she just closes it for the day because then when she gets there the next time she's like oh I know exactly where I am versus I like to finish a chapter and be like there I did it but then you start with a blank page that is true I have heard and I've tried to do it where I try to leave where I'm really excited rather than stopping where I'm like oh I'm not gonna pick this up again so I do try I'm probably not great at it but I do try to leave it where I'm excited to come back to it rather than like oh I have to get through this part yeah I think that's exactly right and I think that it's really smart to get it's like we need the momentum too it's almost like you know exactly where the reader is going to be like oh boy oh boy and then you're like that's where I it's also a boy oh boy for us because we're discovering it kind of in our own way yeah. as we write it. Yeah. So that is um okay. I want to talk about the the phenomenon of the perfect marriage because that was a, you know, and I think for aspiring authors, that was a book that you sold to a smaller press. Sold. There was no money involved. Okay. So <laughs> you gave. You gave to, but I mean that book, it has like 
80, 90,000, something in ridiculous, right? Reviews on Amazon. Mm-hmm. I mean, so tell us, I mean, we know we already heard the TikTok part of that, but it's like an Amazon charts bestseller every week. Yeah. I'm surprised it's still there. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's amazing. So, you know, is what's the lesson? Are you glad you put it out? Even though there's been some difficulties, are you glad you did it that way because of what's happened since? Um, yes. So when I, I had an agent and I ended up leaving that agent and that book was already out on submission, even though it was very small, we didn't really hear back. Um, no other agent would look at it. They were like, nope, it's already been on submission. You're down. And I just really believed in the book. I thought it had such a great hook. And I was like, you know what? And I, I remember actually went out with a friend and she was like, you should just self-publish it. But I was too scared to do that. And then I was, she's like, what else can you do? And I was like, I guess there's publishers that accept on agented submissions because I could not get an agent. And she was like, you should just do that then. And I ended up doing that the next day. And a publisher came back two days later and was like, we'd like to publish this. I'm like, great. I knew it was a huge risk because it was a very small publisher out of the UK. They don't really do any marketing or anything. And I knew it was a risk because it could pigeonhole me if it did not sell. Because as you know, then if you go try to sell a book and you've already published, they want to know your sales figures and they might not offer, or they might try to put you under a different name if your last book didn't do well. So I knew it was a huge risk, but because I worked in social media for 10 years and I know how to market, I was like, if I can just be able to explain it to readers and tell them what it's about, I think people would be interested. So it was a huge risk. I'm glad I did it the way I did uh, because I really feel very proud of what I've done. I know some people are like, your book sucks. That's fine. Uh, Everybody, every single author with every single book has people that say that. Yeah. I mean, the the most successful books, you know, you think about like Girl on the Train or Gone Girl, some people hated those books. Mm -hmm. But a strong, actually, I think in some ways, a strong reaction to a book, love or hate, is actually all you really want, right? Yeah, there was an author, an author who wrote a blog about me this week. Did you see my post? No. Yeah, they wrote a blog about me saying that I should care about my negative reviews because they're so angry and they're like, um, it, it doesn't matter that she's got an average of a 4.04 on Goodreads and there's like 200,000 people that love it, but because there's like 7,500 people that absolutely hate it, they wrote an entire blog about it, quoted all my one-star reviews. I was like, what is this? Right. Yeah. And they were like, she should care. I'm like, I thought reviews are for readers. So, and why, and like, so I, that's curious to me. Like, what would you, what are you supposed to do about it? I guess cry. You don't think I have? I've cried. Uh, we've all <laughs> cried. It, being an author means crying regularly. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, that's yeah, it's very bizarre. It is very bizarre. And I have to be honest, like you can't care about your one star reviews because if you read those and really thought about them, you'd never write a word again. It's, yeah. It'd be, you'd be paralyzed. You would, um, yep. Mine are very, very angry. And then you also self-published a second book, which is not a thriller. It's a, a romance, right? Women's fiction. Yeah. I Women's did that. fiction. It was because... Well, when I got the One of Us is Dead book deal, and then we submitted The Girl I Was, which is women's fiction, but all of publishing was like, she's known for thrillers. That was literally all the rejections. She's known for thrillers. She can't publish this. So then I took a, a page out of Colleen Hoover's book, and I was like, she can write in different genres. So can I. Yeah. And I ended up self-publishing that book. And I, I, I never want, I didn't care if that book was whatever, got a lot of readers or whatever. It's doing very well. Um, it was more so because that was a book I wrote. That was the first book I ever wrote. And I wrote it to deal with my own grief of losing my mother. Yeah. And so I get a lot of very sweet messages um, from readers that they feel like this has healed their heart. Yeah. And I was like, that was the only reason I wanted it out there was because I felt it helped me writing it. And I felt like it would help 
readers if they did experience that type of loss reading it. Right. So right. That, that was just like one that was just close to my heart. And that's, a, I mean, I think that's what a powerful way to work, deal with our grief, right? Is mm-hmm. to do exactly what you did. So yeah. I, and now you, well, we won't talk about it, but there are lots of authors, Colleen Huber, mm-hmm. Ashley Winstead. Oh yeah. She yes. writes between thrill, really dark thrillers and very light books. Yes. So, you know, that I don't know why we have to just do one thing. That's, I think that's gone away because of Colleen Huber blowing up in like 2020, 2021. I think publishers now realize that as long as like the genres aren't so far apart, like if I wrote thrillers and then I wrote maybe like sci-fi those probably aren't the right they're the same readers but yeah. romance and thrillers those are typically the same readers like yeah. I read romance and thrillers yeah those exactly. Are my exactly and we love I mean and actually I think also it's about the packaging right you make sure sh- the, the title like if you make sure that doesn't not someone's not going to pick it up and be like oh this is a thriller and they'd be like oh damn it's not a thriller it's very clearly oh I've gotten reviews that are like I thought this was a thriller I was oh like uh I could not make that cover more non-thrillery yeah exactly <laughs> oh that is so funny they're like why did no one die in this book I was like, oh yeah yeah exactly so um okay so what advice would you give to an author just starting out what would be your like just publishing or just starting I mean my advice for any like an author just like starting on their first book is just write um I always say if I waited for inspiration or motivation I would never write um and then my other thing is don't stand in your own way um I was the first person to stand in my way I was the first no I was the first person to tell myself I couldn't do it I actually wish I would have taken writing seriously much earlier, but I thought I couldn't finish a book. I thought I couldn't write a book. So I always say, don't stand in your own way because you're going to have a lot of other people that are going to tell you no and you can't do it. So you don't need to add to that noise. It's so true. Yeah, exactly. And we are our own worst critics. So um, if you listen to your own noise, you'll never get to the end of chapter one. So you got to just, you got to just do it. Just so. do it. Just like Nike says. Just oh, just do it. Right. <laughs> just do it. Um, okay. So there's some film and television buzz. Are we allowed to talk about that yet? Um, I mean, it was announced in Deadline. So the only thing I can say is that the Perfect Marriage film, um, they hired William Broyles Jr. to write the script, which he's known for Castaway, Saving Private Ryan, and Unfaithful. And then they hired Seagal Alvin, who did Losing Alice on Apple TV Plus, highly recommend, fantastic, to direct. And then the production company is Picture Perfect Federation, and they won Best Picture at the Oscars last year for CODA fantastic oh so good yeah I really like that so this is probably gonna be one where the book or the movie is better than the book no I'm sure not do we don't know who's attached to it though no I actually I don't know I know they're in conversation but I they probably won't tell me because I spill the beans yeah because you're like right you're like I want to tell I would want to tell everybody I would be like oh my god you're not gonna believe who's gonna be in my book and when do we get to all go to Hollywood and just like watch them film? I don't know. That's going to be really fun. Oh I'm, I, did you notice I just invited myself, Geneva? I'm, I'm going like, to be like, oh, exactly. Yeah, you're going to see me get flower thrown on myself from Patty. Oh, God. No, <laughs> we're not going to talk about Patty. That... She's going to throw me in prison. That is... is it Patty or Sue? There's two of them. They were very mean to me. <laughs> God, I tell you, people, I'm an, I, I, I think you... We need to just block your one-star reviews from you. No, these aren't even reviews. These are people that personally email them. I ain't seeking these out. They're emailing me. That's so weird. Please don't do that, people. Please, please don't do that. Okay. I don't do it because I use it for content. Right. She need, Well, that, then there you go. Then she's got you. They're, you're just kidding. Don't because sometimes it hurts my feelings. Of course it does. <laughs> what do you think? We're not human. This is insane. Can you imagine if someone walked up to like, you know, you're, you're working at Target and somebody's like, you do a terrible job. Actually, I was speaking to another author because they turned off like no one can mention them because they were bullied um, because they just said, please don't tag me in your one star review. And then all of a sudden everyone was jumping on her 
And so she ended up like closing up everything yeah. and like her emails go to her agent rather than her. And she was like, it's the equivalent of literally going to a restaurant and demanding you speak to the chef to tell him that you hate his food. Yeah. If you wouldn't do that, you would talk to your server, you would talk to a manager or you would leave a review on Google or Yelp. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's very bizarre. Okay. So tell us what is coming up next. Can you, do you know the title for next year's book? I do, but I'm holding it close to my heart. Okay. I'll tell you after. I'm sorry. I'm going to know. You have so to be much. careful because someone, when I talked a little bit about writing a sequel to The Perfect Marriage and I shared the title, someone put it up on Amazon and it was attached to my author account. It took me like two weeks to get it down and it was on Kindle Unlimited. And I didn't even know about it, but people were like, oh, Geneva released a, uh, the sequel to The Perfect Marriage. And I was like, no, I didn't. <laughs> what are you talking How about? How did they get it attached to your account? Amazon has no idea. They don't understand how it was attached to my author account because it was on my sales ranking page, you know, like, yeah. and I was like, what is this? And it looked like it was written with chat GPT. It was like 61 pages and they claimed it was the sequel. And then they, and so people paid for it. Yeah. People were literally, it was like, it was doing well on Kindle Unlimited, but the, I, it was weird because it wasn't linked to my actual payment account. It was only linked to my author. It was super so weird. Somebody else was getting paid for it. Yeah. And it took like two weeks to get it taken down. So now <sighs> my agent's like, you need to not share things. Like, that's gonna be very difficult. You're like, that's exactly that's what I love to do best is to share things. That's really gonna after that. Okay, you'll tell me after. Okay, so we have and the, the release date of you shouldn't have come here, April 25th. 25th. Happy 25th. That's mm -hmm. so exciting. And then definitely a book in 2024, maybe two. There's gonna be three projects in 2023, and there will be for sure a thriller in 2024. Right mm -hmm. now, I'm like every April I'll have a, a thriller coming out through 2027. There you go, guys. A lot of books to get. And so far, you still you people can go and read your three existing thrillers. Yeah. Or I have The Perfect Marriage, One of Us is Dead. I had a series that was under a pen name, but then they were like, Can we put it under your name? And I was like, that's what I wanted under from the first place. So now it's under my name. Um, and that's the Detective Kimberly King. There's a lot of people wanting a third book in that series. Maybe we're working on that. And then the girl I was. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Well, so uh, you already finished yours. Oh, no, you didn't have one. But here we go. Cheers to Geneva Rose and a very incredibly successful 2023, 2024, 2025, 2020. Well, anyway, you get the idea forever. Uh, so we'll see. <laughs> okay. This has been Killer Women with Geneva Rose, and we will see you next time. All right. Drew, say bye. Bye. <laughs> bye. We're going to go open some of that wine. Yes. Bye. <laughs> bye.